Luke chapter 22, verse 31 and 32. It says, that the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. There in verse 32, the Lord looks at Peter and he says, I've been praying for you, Peter, that your faith does not fail you. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. I want to talk to us on this opening night of missions conference about the trauma of transition, the trauma of transition. If we could put our Bibles down, I want us to lift our hands toward heaven and let's ask that the Lord would speak to us one more time. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have to be in your presence. Lord, on this opening night, Lord, of Missions Conference, we ask that you would speak to us. We thank you in advance for what you are going to do. Lord, I take dominion and authority over every doubt, every fear, everything that would be contrary to your will. I bind it in the name of Jesus. Lord, I lose faith. Lord, I lose, Lord, your spirit and anointing to flow in this place. I thank you in advance for what you are going to do in this place. Speak to us, Lord. Give us revelation and understanding of your word in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You may be seated in the name of Jesus. The disciples of Jesus had spent the last three and a half years of their lives following the master. They had laid everything aside to follow Jesus. They, they put aside their dreams. They put aside their jobs. They, they put aside everything. But he, Jesus, he had given them a life that they had never dreamed of having. Jesus had, he had become their everything. He had, was their provider. He was their teacher. He, he, he had become their purpose for living. And on a daily basis, this Jesus, they saw the bread of life give, give life-giving words to multitudes. It, had, it was a normal occurrence for them to see signs, wonders, miracles. It was not if, if the miraculous was going to happen, but it was where, where is the miraculous going to happen today? When, where is it going to be? And they lived in this dimension of the miraculous Jesus. He was their, their way maker, their bread multiplier. He was the one that explained the deep things of God. He was the one who explained those parables. But here in, in Luke chapter 22 at the Passover, things were on the verge of change. Not not just a minor change or a minor adjustment to their lifestyle, but a radical change, a a, a thing that maybe they should have been expecting, but they, they were not expecting. In fact, unknown to them that in just a matter of a few minutes, their lives would change forever in such a way that, that it would never be the same again. Be these, these chosen ones, these 12 disciples, they, they were in a place of transition that that would test them it would try them in a way that they could only imagine yet in that moment of transition we we look at the disciples and they are distracted they they're looking around and they they are they're fighting and striving among themselves of, of who is going to be the greatest they're discussing lordship and authority there there's a power struggle among them they're told in, in the middle of this uh, they're told that there's a betrayer that that is among them 
they begin to look around trying to figure out what's going on. And it is in that, that context. See, Jesus looks at them. He gives them a commandment in Luke chapter 22 in verse 28. He says, Ye are they which have continued with me in my temptations, and I appoint unto you a kingdom as my Father hath appointed me. That verse 28 in the New Living Translation, it says it this way. It says, you have stayed with me in my time of trial, and just as my Father has granted me a kingdom, I now grant you the right. Jesus looks at them and he tells them, he says, you, you've stayed with me in my time of trial. You have endured my trials and my tests. You have, you have stood with me when others have failed me. You have stayed with me when others have left me. You have, you have loved me when others have hated me. You've honored me when others have despised me. You've obeyed me when others have rebelled against my word. And from the moment that I called you, you twelve, you have proven steadfast. You have proven confidence in me and who I am and you have withstood my temptations in the time of my life and in, in a moment there, in a moment things are, are going to change. It, it will, it's no longer going to be about my trial. It's no longer going to be about my temptation but, but it is yours that will be, you will be tried and you will, you will be tested at, with fire. And it is at that moment that in that point in Jesus' attempt to, to open their eyes to the change that is just on the horizon. Jesus is trying to, to get the point across to the disciples. He's trying to, to let them know what is about to happen, that transition that they're in as they're fighting among one another. They don't even see what's going on. And that, in that moment, he, he singles out Peter. In verse 31, it says that the Lord said, Simon... Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. The Lord is, is saying to Peter, he's saying, now Peter, Satan's sifting process is now turning from me to you, Peter. Peter, you're going to be the object of trials and temptations. Satan is... He's going to try to remove something very valuable from your life, Peter. Satan is going to do his best to take, but 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 what is in you, Peter? There's something that that is in you that Satan desires to have, Peter. Satan is he's going to try to steal the the most valuable thing that you have. In verse thirty-two, he says, "But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not." Jesus here, he declares, he declares the object of his prayer was that Peter's faith wouldn't fail him. We understand faith, it's so important. The Bible says, Hebrews 11 and 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We, we know how important faith is, Hebrews 11 and 6 says, and, but without faith it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That faith, that faith is how we come to God. That faith is everything. That faith, 
faith that that's 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 God operates in through faith and he he looks at Peter he says Peter if you are going to survive your trials if you are going to survive your trials without my physical presence beside you your faith must not fail your faith must not stop functioning it must not be absent and it's interesting to me that Jesus's prayer he he does not pray for Peter's finances he does not pray that his finances would not fail him. He doesn't pray that his health wouldn't fail him. He doesn't pray that his family wouldn't fail him, that his friends would not fail, that his relationship would not fail. He, he did not pray for him that his courage would not fail, that his education wouldn't fail, that his strength wouldn't fail. He didn't pray that his memory wouldn't fail. He said, I'm praying for you, Peter. He said, the object of my prayer for you is that your faith would not fail you. Peter, Satan is coming after something valuable. He's, he's coming after something. He, he wants to sift you as wheat, but I, I'm praying for you that your faith above everything else, your faith does not fail you. It was in December of 2017 I entered into the darkest hour of my life, the darkest time of my life, and it was in December of 2017, and for about the next eight or nine months, I went through one of the biggest battles of my ministry that would cause me to question everything. It was within a few weeks of being elected the general superintendent of the nation of Spain. It looked like things would fall apart. It looked like we would lose churches. It looked like things would 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 would, would, would fall apart. Leaders and pastors who, who had been friends turned upon me. Leaders and pastors who, who had been my brother, they, they turned upon me and things began to spiral out of, out of control and beyond the what was manifested in the physical was the spiritual attack that, that I came under, that my mind was under at that time. It was suffocating. It was not only myself but my family. My, my children came under a spiritual attack. They began to feel the weight of what was going on in the spirit realm. And I remember one Sunday that during that time one of the teachers came and she, the Sunday school teachers, and she came to me between services because my daughter who was in the Sunday school class was unable to breathe and, and she said come hurry your, your daughter cannot breathe something is wrong I ran there she was unable to breathe I rushed my daughter to the hospital and sitting there try, waiting for the doctor not wanting to admit that I as well was having a hard time breathing I couldn't breathe for weeks I had been having a hard time breathing I remember one particular night laying in my bed as I was awake in the natural it was not something that occurs in, to me in, in a normal circumstance. I, I'm not something that, I'm someone who sees visions and, and sees things but, but that night my, my spiritual eyes were open and I saw a large spirit, a demonic spirit that walked into my room and looked at me and turned around and walked out. My wife would begin to see things in the spirit as well during that time. When I would be out of town my wife would see demonic spirits that would sit outside of the window and, and just watch. It was a, a time where the, 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 the spiritual attack on our minds and our, and our spirits was almost unbearable. I remember on time on a train between the city of Barcelona and Madrid as I, as I went through, the as I was on that two hour, two and a half hour train ride, I, I thought all of a sudden that I was having a heart attack and I, and I stood up from my seat, grabbed upon the, the rail that was above me and I began to pray, said God, I, I don't want to be found dead on this train. 
train like this and I begin to go through in my mind they're going to find my body on the train they're going to have to call my family you're going to have a you're having a heart attack you're going to die on this train I it, it was one spiritual attack after another and one night during that time I I was so tormented that I that I could not even pray for myself I I remember laying there in bed my wife asking me are you okay I said no I don't know what is wrong with me I I, I can't I, I can't get my mind together with what is going on and I laid there tormented not able to sleep and I I called a minister on the phone that night I said you've got to pray pray with me and I took my phone I put it on my chest and I for over an hour I just listened to the man of God pray because I could not pray for myself I said pastor I just need you to pray for me I, I can't pray I, I can't feel God I don't I don't know what is going on and it was during that time the devil would mess with my mind he would say I'm going I'm going to I'm going to touch your church I'm going to touch your family I'm going to touch the health of your children day after day night after night I was scared to die I remember laying in bed during that time one night thinking, Nathan, you've got to get yourself together. You're going crazy. They need to lock you up because you're losing it. And I remember thinking, you know, you need to go maybe and, and, and get in the hot bath and relax and, and, and just, just relax. And, and, and a thought came to my mind was, you know, there's a lot of famous people that die in the bathtub. I said, not today, devil. I'm not getting in that bathtub. But my mind was under attack. It was during that time I even, I paid an evangelist to come by. I said, I need you to come by our church and be with our church. And I said, I would normally put you in a hotel. But I would like for you to come and stay at my house. I said, I'm going through something very dark and I can't seem to pray for myself. I said, but if you'll stay at my house. We'll have church at night. We'll have church on the weekend. But if you'll, if you'll just sit in my living room and you'll sit in my chair in my living room and if you'll just pray for me, if you'll pray for me, I would, I would go to the, to the pulpit and I would try my best to preach. But I felt nothing. I felt no faith. I just felt despair. My faith was shaken. The devil told me revival is coming to an end in Spain. He would tell me that the work is going to be divided. He would tell me your children are going to be sick. I'm supposed to be a man of faith. I'm supposed to believe that God can do anything. Yet in that time I I felt no faith. I felt dead inside. I entered into a depression. I would preach and I would feel nothing. My, My faith was non-existent. Even during that time that that uh, my, my son, I noticed that my son had, uh, had begun to have problems with his, his ears, with his hearing. And I think I told a little bit maybe about this, about my son's testimony last time I was here. But let me tell you again, he, during, it was during that dark time that, that, that I noticed that my son was losing his hearing. I told my wife, I said, I said, go, I said, take Lincoln to the doctor and let's find out what's going on. She took him to the doctor and, and, and the doctor said, we don't, we don't understand what's going on. He seems to be losing his hearing, but, but let's try this medicine and then come back. And a couple of weeks later, we went back. They did, they did uh, tests. They did all the testing. The doctor came. He said, your, your son cannot hear the sound of a jet engine. He is losing his hearing. We don't know why. We'll, we will go and, and, and do some more tests. And, 
It was during that time I called everybody, every man of faith that I knew. I called them on the phone. I said, you've got to pray with me on the phone. I called Brother Stone King on the phone. Brother Stone King, I need you to pray for my son. I called every, every friend, everyone that was there in my phone, a man of faith. And I would sit with my son on my lap and I would have them, have them pray for him. Nothing was happening. Month after month, my son was unable to hear me. I would preach on faith and and my son could not hear me preaching. I remember one particular service I was preaching about a God that does miraculous things and my son is sitting on the front row and he can't hear me preach. I remember that in that particular service that uh, that my son was at we were in the city of Saragossa and there the, the first person who came up the, that needed healing that that service was a a lady who was deaf in one of her ears they had done an operation and and uh, the, the the operation had gone wrong and she had lost her hearing she lifted up her hand and she is immediately she was healed and she began to shout and she began to dance my son is sitting on the front row and nothing is happening to him the second person in that service was a man who was standing to the other side he was deaf in one of his ears and without anyone even praying for him all of a sudden his deaf ear opened up and he began to testify and shout of what was going on and I'm praying and I'm fasting I'm saying God I'm, I'm praying for this but I'm not seeing why, why is everyone else being healed but my son he, he, he is not being healed why is it so important that our faith not fail us why is it's so important that we maintain our faith. It was even during that time that my, I remember I went to our church in Madrid and I was preaching about a healing God. I didn't feel faith. I, I'm struggling with my son needing healing and I'm praying and it's not happening. I wrote down on the list, I wrote down all of the miracles that I had seen God heal of ears. I saw of the deaf ears that I had seen open and I wrote down on the list the names and the dates and, and the places that this had happened and I put it on the refrigerator and I would go by every Sunday and I, I would say, Lord, Lord, every day I'd say, Lord, Lord, you did it for those people, so I believe that you're going to do it for my son. Every day I would go by, Lord, now you did it for those people. I know you're going to do it for my son. And I was in Madrid preaching, and, and in that service, God began to do many miraculous things. Healings were taking place, and there was a lady who came dancing down the middle of the aisle holding a card in her hand. She comes dancing down. Dances up on the platform where I'm at. She says, Pastor, I want to tell you a testimony. I said, what, what, what happened? She said, she said, this is my card from the government. She said, I have been legally deaf, and this is my card that shows. She said, but as we begin to pray, my ears have popped open, and now I can hear clearly, and God has healed me, and God, I, I, this is a miracle. This is amazing what God has done, and I, I tried to smile real big and rejoice with her. I said, that's great. But I was thinking of my son who was back in Barcelona. I was like, Lord, now, there's another one, but my, I've been praying for my son, and it hasn't happened yet. And she goes holding that car, government card down, and she goes dancing down, and something rose up within me, and I got mad. I was mad at the devil. 
And I just began to shout and scream. And it was a loud Pentecostal church. And so everybody was already dancing and shouting. So they must have thought I was in the spirit for the moment. But I decided that I was going to have a conversation with the devil at that moment. I don't know if that's biblical, uh, Brother Woodward, to have a conversation with the devil in the middle of the altar service. But I decided to have a conversation. I just began to yell and scream and say, devil, you have messed with my mind long enough. Devil... You have been tormenting me long enough. I said, devil, if my son is never healed, I'm going to keep preaching that my God is a healer. If he chooses to never heal my son, I'm going to keep preaching this. I said, devil, I'm about to wreck your kingdom because I'm going to preach that my God is a healing God across this nation, across this continent. I'm going to wreck your kingdom. You have messed with me long enough. I went back to Barcelona the next day. I took that piece of paper off of the refrigerator and I wrote that lady's name down. I wrote the date down and I put it back up on the refrigerator. said, all right, God, you did it for her and I'm still believing that you're going to do it for my son. My wife was there in the kitchen and she just kind of casually turned to me and she said, you know, why don't you go ahead and put Lincoln's name down on the list? I said, you know what, you're right. Woman of God, prophetess, I took that piece of paper down and I put it, I put my, pulled my pen back out. I put my son's name down on the list and I put it back up there. I said, Lord, it is done in the name of Jesus. You've done it for them and now you're going to do it for my son. It was the next morning that when we woke up, my son was completely healed. We took him back to the doctor. The doctor said, we don't understand what has happened. We don't under, I don't understand that they ran all the tests. They said, this must be a miracle. We don't understand this in that moment in that fight Satan he was after something in my life why is it important that your faith not fail you See, Jesus, he was concerned about people's faith throughout his ministry as well. You look at the word of God, the healing of the paralytic, when Jesus, the Bible says when Jesus saw their faith He's seeing their faith. He saw it and he, he said, son, your sins are forgiven. We, we see the two blind men in Matthew 9. He touches their eyes and he says, it shall be done according to your faith. To the centurion, he says, I, truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. In Matthew 15, the Syrophoenician woman, a, a Gentile woman whose daughter is possessed, he, she's, it's, he says, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs and then he later says, oh woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. We see the ten lepers in Luke 17. The ten lepers, they call out for mercy. And Jesus, without touching them, he instructs them to show themselves to the priests. And one returns to give thanks. And Jesus says, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. It was blind Bartimaeus. And Jesus said to him, go. Your faith has made you well. We see the story of Jesus in the boat and he shows us his concern. His concern in the boat was their faith. 
In Matthew 8 and 23 through 26, it says, And when he entered into the ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he said unto them, Why are ye fearful? O ye of little faith. Then he arose. And rebuked the winds and the sea, and it was a great calm. We see that during, during the storm, Jesus, he dealt with their faith before he dealt with the storm. He says, why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? He, he dealt with that fear. He dealt with their faith. And then he looked, and he stands up, and he says, he, 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 says, he says first, he says, oh, ye of little faith. He, he's only concerned here about the condition of their faith. He's, he's not concerned about the storm. He's not concerned about the waves. He's not concerned about the tempest. He's not concerned about the lightning. He's not concerned about the water that, that's coming into the boat. The, 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 the disciples, they're, they're, they don't understand what's going on. They think they're about to die. They're, they're going crazy. They're thinking, oh, the water, we're going to die. Here and, and Jesus, he gets up and he he's not even a little bit rattled. He he's not even worried about the storm. He's not even worried about the circumstance. He he looks at them. He said, "I'm worried about your faith. We've got to get your faith right because if your faith is right, we can we can get the other things right." God's not concerned about your trial. He's concerned about your faith. He said in 1 Timothy 6 and 12, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the fight of faith. There are times where it is a fight of faith. There's, there are times that I'm fighting for my faith. and it, what, what, what we have faced at times in the natural is, is just a manifestation of the war that is going on in the spiritual realm. You can feel fear and anxiety. You can feel the chaos that is going on all around you. Many times that is not your natural mind. That is, that is the, you're just picking up on what is going on in the spiritual realm. We, we know that we, we, if we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Why is it important that your faith does not fail you? Because if your faith does not fail you, it has the power to restore everything else that fails. You may have a lot of things that fail you in life, but if your faith does not fail you, we all plead for more faith. Lord, give us more faith. God, increase our faith. Enlarge our faith. Lord, I want great faith. Lord, powerful faith. Lord, miracle-working faith. And the apostles, they, they said, Lord, increase our faith. Jesus said, you, you know, all you need is just a small little bit of faith. You just need a mustard seed-sized faith. You may feel, you may have walked in this place here tonight and feel that you do not have faith. But if you walked in these doors, you had enough faith to receive the miracle that you need from Jesus tonight. You may feel nothing, but our faith is not based upon our feeling. Our faith is based upon what the Word of God says. And the Word of God says He's my provider. The Word of God says He's my healer. The Word of God says He's my deliverer. When I feel nothing, I go on what His Word has says. We even see the, the woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5 and 
verse 25 through 28, it says, And a certain woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians, she spent all that she had, was nothing better, but rather grew worse. So her health had failed her. Physicians had failed her. Money has failed her. Time has run out. Time has failed her. Verse 27 says, When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, If I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. It was Jesus, he turns to her in Luke 8, 48. Another description of the story, he says, And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace. She had lost everything. She had lost money. She had lost time. She had lost physicians. She had lost her health. But evidently one thing that she had not lost was her faith. Because she said, if I can just get to Jesus. She said, I don't have any more money. My health is gone. The physicians have failed me. My, the time is running out. But I, I still believe that if I can get to Jesus, I know that I can. everything is going to be all right. That's why you can't let your faith fail you because faith will restore your loss and win your battle. Someone might say, I don't, I don't really know if I have any faith. Romans 12 and 3 says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think himself more high than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. The Bible also says, verse 17, so faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That's why when I, when I feel nothing, I've got to get to the house of God because if I can get a word from God, it is, the, it is what is going to produce faith. I can give you testimonies tonight and that may encourage your faith, but the word of God is what is going to grow your faith. The word of God is what is going to produce faith. So that's why when I feel nothing, I've got to get into the house of God. I've got to get a word from God because faith comes by hearing and hearing Hearing by the word of God, the more word that you have, the more faith that you have. It, it was during that darkest hour of my life when, when I felt no faith, when I could not pray away my trial. I could not fast enough for my deliverance. It was that time that I had to learn to trust in God. It was only after I survived that dark time that, that I could see the hand of God and the, the purpose of God and everything that I came through. And I, I had to learn learned to trust but it was my faith that Satan was after when I got that revelation of what Satan really wanted was my faith he didn't really he didn't really want my son he didn't really want my church he didn't really want my family what he was going after was my faith he said, I'm going to hit him with everything because there's something within him that I'm going after. 
I'm going after his faith. And that's why Jesus prayed for Peter. He says, I'm praying for you, Peter, that your faith fail not. Your job can fail you. Your car can fail you. Your health can fail you. Your security can fail you. Your dreams can fail you. Your children can fail you. Your family can fail you. Everything can fail you. But don't allow Satan to touch your faith. That is your greatest test. That is your greatest temptation in life because Satan, he wants your faith more than anything. It wasn't about your family. It was about your faith. It wasn't about your health. It was about your faith. But if we can stand tall tonight and say, I'm going to stand on my faith. Satan, you may have tried to touch my body, but I've still got my faith. Satan, you might have tried to touch my family, but I've still got my faith. The musicians could come. You see, Peter, he was transitioning to a new level of ministry. Peter was on the precipice of of something great. He He was going from seeing Jesus do the miraculous. He was going to a place where Jesus was going to start working through Peter and the rest of the apostles. He was going, and he was in a place of transition. And Jesus says, he says, Peter, if you can survive this, Peter, if you can hold on to your faith, everything, that that test, that trial that's been pointed at me, it's about to be pointed at you, Peter. But if you can hold on to your faith, I'm praying for you, Peter, that your faith doesn't fail you. You might lose a lot of things, but if you don't lose your faith, faith has the power to restore everything that has been touched. Faith has the power to restore everything that Satan has touched. Faith has the power to to restore everything. It was during that time, it was during that darkness that I watched the hand of God work and even in the nation of Spain, in the churches of Spain, we, we went from a time of addition to a time of multiplication. It was a time where, where Satan was telling me, you're going to lose 20 churches. And it was during that exact time that instead of losing 20 churches, the Lord allowed us to add 33 churches. Satan, he, he, was, he wasn't after the church. He was after our faith. And, but if our faith does not fail us, I want us all to stand tonight. The trauma of transition, the trauma that you have gone through is part of the transition to greater ministry. Peter was about to preach on the day of Pentecost. He was about to stand up in Acts chapter 2 and preach the message of salvation. And Satan, he comes, he sees Peter. He says, hmm, I'm going after him. I'm going to try to touch him. I'm going to try to discourage him. Jesus says, Peter, I'm not praying that you're perfect. I'm not praying that your family's not touched. I'm not praying that your health's not touched. I'm praying that your faith doesn't fail you. Because Peter, if your faith doesn't fail you, you're going to stand up and preach on the day of Pentecost. You're transitioning to a place of ministry that you have never been at before. There, there's an anointing that's coming upon you that you've never had before, Peter. I'm praying for you that your faith doesn't fail you. You may be here tonight.
and have gone through dark hours and dark nights and thought that you were the only person you may have laid awake at night and looked staring at the ceiling scared to go to sleep thinking oh if the people knew what I was going through they would think I'm crazy no you're not crazy Satan's just been after your faith because he knows if he gets your faith he gets everything if he gets your faith he gets your family if he gets your faith he gets your health if he gets your faith he gets your church if he gets your faith he gets everything that sifting process says Satan desires to have you that he may sift you as wheat but I have prayed for you that your faith does not fail you you may have gone through trauma you may have gone through darkness but God is transitioning you to a new experience to a new anointing to be in use of the Lord in a new way it was only after passing through that dark time and there were many people that held my hand I, if I wouldn't have survived without the body of Christ people like your pastors and others who called me that checked on me when I was going through it I was going through that darkness they, people called me and said hey you doing okay we're praying for you we're praying for you I couldn't see the purpose at the time but now looking back I see the hand of God that was, that was guiding me that the Lord himself was saying I'm praying for you don't let your faith fail Nathan if you'll just keep walking if you'll just keep going if you hold on to your faith a lot of things may be touched for a while your church may be touched your family may be touched your children may be touched but just if you hold on to your faith your faith it's going to restore your family your faith is going to restore your church your faith is going to restore your health your faith is going to restore your children everything that you think that may have been touched your faith You're not crazy. The darkness that you have gone through, you're not alone. But the Lord has sent me here to tell you to fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on the eternal life. Fight the fight of faith. Satan, you may have touched a lot of things, but you're not going to touch my faith. You may have prayed for certain things and you may not have seen the deliverance yet. But hold on to your faith. Why, during, in the midst of the trial with my son, seeing other people healed and seeing my, my son go through what he went, I, at the time I didn't understand it. But I don't get this one. But I'm going to hold on to my faith. I'm still going to believe your word. I'm still going to trust what your word has says. And it was that faith that brought deliverance. When I felt nothing, when I felt empty, when I didn't have the answers and I just had to trust God and say Lord I trust you I don't understand it but I'm, I'm going to hold on to my faith I want us to close our eyes and lift our hands across this place just for a moment the Lord is speaking to some people here tonight Lord Jesus Lord there's been people their faith has been battered their faith of Satan has been trying to sift but Lord you've been praying for us you've been we're going to hold on to faith we're going to fight the good fight of faith there's may have been going through some trauma we may have been going through some darkness but 
But Lord, we're going to hold on to faith because it's that faith. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I take dominion and authority to every lying spirit, every darkness, everything that has tried to attack the people of God, the faith of God in this first night of missions conference. Lord, we hold on and we fight the fight of faith. We're going to fight the fight of faith. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. I want to open this altar here tonight to some warriors. I want to open up the altar tonight to some warriors who have, will decide we're going to keep fighting the fight of faith in the, in the midst of darkness. I may not understand what I've been going through. I may not understand the purpose in all of this. And my faith might have been under attack. But I, I want you to come around the altar here this morning. And we're going to take dominion and authority over every darkness. We're going to take dominion and authority over that lying spirit that would try to bring discouragement. And we're going to let our faith be renewed tonight. Satan has been after our faith. The object of Jesus' prayer was for Peter's faith. You may have prayed many times before for your family. You may have prayed many times before for the situation that you've been going through. And you thought, why should I pray again? But we're going to come one more time and we're going to fight that fight of faith here tonight. And we're going to believe that that back of the enemy is going to be broken. I want you to lift up your hands to the Lord all across this place. And we're going to take dominion and authority over every spirit that would be coming against us, trying to sift us as wheat. Right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I take dominion and authority over every spirit of discouragement. I bind every spirit that would try to rob the faith of the people of God. Right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we see that you are about to transition us to a new level of ministry, to a new anointing, and we bind in the name of Jesus every spirit that would come against the people of God. Lord, I loose a renewed faith to be transferred to us. Lord, I loose a renewed faith to be imparted unto the people of God. We're going to fight the fight of faith tonight. That's it. That's it. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. You've been fighting the fight of faith. If you hold on to your faith, that faith is going to restore everything that the devil has tried to take. He's tried to take your family. He's tried to take your health, but he can't take our faith. We're going to hold on to that faith. That's it. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. That's it. Hallelujah. 